about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 292 That is 292, it's the ENS Wolves Podcast. I'm your host Nathan Judah. Delighted to be joined as ever by Mr. Liam Keane. Come in, Liam. Hello, my friend. How are you? Hey, I'm better, mate. I'm better. The microphone is working this week. Thank uh, God for I'm, that. I've got <coughs> two laptops next uh, next to me. We're on the MacBook Pro today. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't wasn't the, the microphone that packed in, but basically the uh, the Blue Yeti mic that we used. Have uh, been bought out and are now not compatible with Microsoft without a special update that only IT can sort out. So uh, that was um, that was interesting. So apologies for the audio levels last week, but hopefully this should be better this one. Well, mine seems to be working for the time being. So <laughs> let's. Well, yes, but you're not you're not the one um, sorting it out from on the big motherboard with with a, with a sound pad and uh, editing software. That's why. That's true. That is above my pay grade, unfortunately. Way uh, above. <laughs> way above. A good, a good 300 quid above your pay grade. I, oh, I easily. Say, yeah. Easily. No, we've, we've, we've seen your pay slip, Drew. No, <laughs> well, I just, just said off camera, I haven't seen mine for about two years, so I might have, I might have to start checking them. Which is, which is incredible. Yeah, you just because... told me that they're online now. I mean, how long have they been online for? Uh, probably, you know what, it might even be six months, you know. <laughs> It's been a while. I need to check. That's I bad from to, you. I do need to check. Uh, I need to pay off some gambling debts. So I, I should. Uh, I should. I should open one or two. Uh, maybe there's a P45 in there as well that I've missed over the last few weeks. Like well, we can only hope. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine the celebrations? <laughs> oh my god. Well, I, I was. I was celebrating for you, mate, on Saturday night because you had a lot of pressure going into this game. After, well, basically your record and uh, with, with Mr. Berry doing so well, and I thought, just don't. Don't get beat. Don't get beat for Liam's sake, because there would be it'd be like an angry mob, you know, the gift that you see in the Simpsons with all the people with the torches. It'll be literally like them outside your house in Warwick or your new house in Warwick. You don't want that happening. So I was delighted for you that they were superb, that they got back to back wins. You must have had a bit of relief on Saturday night. What did you do to celebrate? I mean I think well, I did I think I did say to you partway through the game that this is the perfect result because not only of uh of Wolves got themselves in a great position, but I'm not mm. going to get a load of uh, hate. Not a torrent of abuse. <laughs> not that I care. Um, what, did, what did I do Saturday night? That's a good question. I don't think I did much. I came home. I, <laughs> it's really exciting. Go on. Um, finished my player ratings, and I was working Sunday, so I then left the rest of my work till the following day and just sort of lounged. Lounged on the sofa. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but obviously sat there, watched the football highlights from the other games, and went back, which Rosie finds really weird. I go back and I watch the highlights of the Wolves game as well. She's oh, like, I do. That's the only one that I want to watch, really. I'm not bothered about the rest. She's like, you know, you're watching the highlights. She's at every week. You're watching the highlights of a game that, you know, you've just been to. I was like, well, yes, that is true. But, you know, when you're, you know, a, a talented intellectual journalist like myself, that you've got to, you know, go in depth with the analysis, you've got to sit there and you've got to watch the stuff. You know, Lopetegui, we, I mean, well, I was going to say, actually, I think he was pictured in, in, a, in a bar in Birmingham, actually. I was going he, to was, say he, he was, he was. The security say... around him. What was it, Arcadia, was it? <laughs> I've got no idea. But oh, he, um, God, at that. some point he'll be watching it. Maybe not that night, he'll have watched the games back as well. So um, you've, got, you've got to put the work in. You've got to, you've got to sit there and you've got to, you've got to analyse. Well, he probably knew as much as we did that um, he could probably get to Birmingham, have a couple of drinks and get back for halfway through match of the day because they were on last again. 
was it, uh, see, I, I said to you on the uh, podcast a few weeks ago, I don't really watch Match of the Day anymore because I. Not that I don't like it, it's just the time. I did not realise they were last again. Again, last. Really? Last? Yeah, last. Wow. Amazing. Although, although to be fair, they, they got a bit of analysis afterwards as well, a little bit, and a nice bit of analysis for Diego, which we'll be coming on to. So, um, so you know, it wasn't it wasn't till it wasn't just the goals and that was it. They gave him a little bit more than that, but uh, but yeah, it was last. Such absolute shock. Um, Liam Liam Keane, Mister Liam Keane. Um, first of all, before we start, let's just say now now the cat is out the bag. We are delighted, and if you haven't. If you haven't, if you don't know, if you only listen to the podcast, if you don't follow us on Twitter or or Express and Star, please listen to this. We are delighted to be bringing this podcast to you live, live at the end of this season. We are going to be live at Molyneux in the Sir Jack Haywood suite. Uh, Liam, I cannot wait. Tickets are available at this moment in time. Um, it's going to be live. It's going to be uncut. It's going to be messy. It might be a bit sweary at times. It might be a bit boozy, but we've got a fantastic night planned. And for anyone who hasn't been to the Sir Jack Haywood suite before, first of all, it's eight quid. It's not 125 quid as you as you would spend or 200 quid on a match day. Easy. It's eight quid. Uh, but it is, Liam, and we visited Molyneux for a few meetings recently to try and get this over the line. An absolutely beautiful room. It's gorgeous. Overlooks the pitch. There's two bars there. The seating is fantastic. Everyone gets a good view. And the most important of all, the most important thing about our job, about covering this team, about the Express and Star, about you know the players, it's the most important thing is you guys. And we absolutely love you. And you're the one who've listened to us through thick and thin. It's going to be our 300th show. If you haven't got a ticket already and you are available that night, that's Thursday, May the 25th. Thursday, May the 25th, which is after the uh, final home game of the season against Everton and the Thursday before the last game of the season against Arsenal. So it's a decent time, 7.30. Please, please, please buy a ticket after this podcast, after you've started listening. Buy one, buy two. Get yourself there because they are running out and I don't want people to be disappointed uh, you guys know you listen every single week, and we'd love to see you there, Liam. Wow, I mean, what what a monologue! I can't put it much better myself. You, you said it was a beautiful suite, and it'll be even more beautiful with the beautiful peeps there. Oh, would, um, would it? Would it? Would it? <laughs> it bloody would. Um, yeah, we're we're very very excited. Um, very fortunate to have this opportunity to do it, and uh, and as you say, there tickets going quick. I mean, the response yesterday as of recording for the amazing. For the for the first day of sales was, was brilliant. So um, yeah, I'd encourage anyone who's even if you're thinking about it, you're not sure if you're free or you're not sure about you know get yourself a ticket because it's going to go quickly and you're going to be disappointed. So um, really really pleased with the, with the uh, the response and um, and yeah, it's been it, well, it's going to be a great night. I'm really excited. And there's one word you you picked out which I'm going to highlight. Go on, boozy. Boozy, baby. <laughs> I'm gonna have a couple of beers. It's gotta be done. Are you and, gonna have to have uh, a couple of a couple of looseners, mate, before you start going? Because it's obviously obviously your first live podcast. Oh yeah, I mean looseners is a uh, is a nice way of putting it. I'm gonna have. Um, I don't want you ro- staggering to the stage though, mate. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I don't want you falling over yourself before we even started. Spears on his first one. Spears was nervous when we did the the 100th episode, and he was fine first half, second half. He, and he swears down to this day, he can't remember any of it. He just I don't know how I got through it. And he was slurring 
and I mean slurry <laughs> in the second half. So we need to get you a little. We need to. We need to. I don't mind you in the last 10, 15 minutes, and it will be boozy. We might have a couple of shots on the night, but uh, I need yes. to get you through it. Mate, shots have got to be done, absolutely. Um, no, I mean, I'm going to have, a, you know, room in the middle of the show. Rosie's going to have to leave her seat, go to the bar, come back again, pass it over to the, you know, I'm not, there's no messing around me. We're going to be, you're going to have to, especially with the nerves, because it's going to be real. But um, no, I'll, I'll try not to be too slaughtered. I'll, uh, I'll get a couple of sandwiches in beforehand. Um, Love it. <laughs> but it's good, mate, it's got to be done. It's going to be, it's going to be, you know, you know, I like a little drink as well. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be exciting. And I'll try I not can't... to embarrass you too much. Oh, bless you. No, it's, it's going to be great. Look, we've got some... some I, I can't give away too much, of course, uh, but we've got some really exciting things planned for the night. Um, we're also going to be raising money for charity. And um, we're doing it a little bit different this time, but put it this way, we've got some fantastic items um, that are available on the night. And sometimes I'm a little bit... Sometimes I understand that sometimes... When we do an auction, only certain people, you know, if, you, if you're bidding hundreds of pounds, some people can't afford it. So we're actually going to do it differently this time, whereas every person who comes in is going to have a raffle ticket. And then you can buy, a, you know, an extra five or six if you want to for a fiver or whatever we sell on the night. But those are going to be, that's that's all it's going to cost you for every, for the top prizes. So it's not going to be a, you know, money bags auction or whatever. It's going to be later on. There's going to be some amazing, amazing things available. And it's only going to be for the 200 or so that are going to be in that room. So uh, it's, it's really exciting. It's going to be a fun night. It's going to be over two halves. So doors open at 6.30. Like I say, two bars are available. Um, so, you know, there'll be no lines, hopefully. You can get snacks and nibbles and whatever you need to do. 7.30, we go live. 8.30, we'll have an interval for half an hour, 20 minutes. We'll do the second half live again. And then afterwards, we're going to have a few drinks with the peeps afterwards, hopefully, when it's all it's all gone okay and we've survived. Uh, and then the edited version, audio, will be online. And it'll be heavily edited, by the way. <laughs> and I mean heavily edited. Because I've basically booked the next day, the whole next day to edit it, because it is going to be messy. Um, it's funny you mentioned that. It. It's funny you mentioned that actually, because I I've already got a uh, a notes folder on my phone where yes. I've written I've written down a couple of ideas to remember for how do I put this little little funny moments that maybe I wouldn't mention on the normal podcast. Like so, it, love it, so love it. There's there's a there's a couple coming. So uh which which as you say will definitely be edited out of the uh, <laughs> out of the one that's going out to the thousands. Um so so yeah, if if you want to hear those, make sure you come along. We'll have a question session live and also I want to say as well, you know if you're thinking, "Oh, well, I've got to go with someone or there's only me." Honestly, the amount of tickets that we sold yesterday the amount of people who, who just booked one ticket was is fantastic and it is going to be all inclusive like everyone's friends here you know if you're a Wolves Potty listener you know you've got 200 other friends there so if you want to come down whether it's one whether it's two whether it's four whether it's six get yourself down we will make it as, as much fun as we possibly can I'm convinced it's going to be a, a cracking night hopefully Wolves will be safe by then as well so we can relax a little bit we can have a bit of fun we'll look towards Arsenal we'll look back at Everton but of course We'll look a lot more to the summer as well, and to and to next season in the Premier League. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a cracker. So please, 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 if you haven't already, there is a story online. You can just buy your tickets there. Look at myself or Liam's Twitter page right on the front. It's pinned. Just follow the link. You can't miss it. Get yourself down. Only eight quid. So it's a bargain. And make sure you do it between now and Sunday because on Monday it does go up to ten quid. So. Uh, there are a few tickets left. Please, please, please don't miss out. I'd hate to see you miss out. So 
That is, that's the plug for that one. Right, should we move on? Should we move Let's on, Liam? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Um, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, Brentford 0. Back-to-back wins. The second time in this season. The first time was under Lopetegui as well. It's just massive, Liam. It's absolutely massive. And yes, Brentford came and they'd been, I guess they're struggling a little bit recently, but they've obviously had a fantastic season and there were a couple of scares early on. But really, after that, after Tony... Um, kind of dropped dropped off the off the defence, just dangerous on the outside, kind of edge of the box. But apart from that, I thought they were absolutely brilliant. So who were the, who were the people who stood out for you, Liam? Because that is a, a sensational result and just a, a massive sigh of relief. They're not there yet, but they're they're pretty close. Well, exactly. I mean, look at the patterns this season. Wolves have gone and beaten Southampton, and then Liverpool lost to Bournemouth. They've they, they've gone and lost to Leeds after getting results elsewhere. They beat Spurs, lose to Newcastle and Leeds. You know, this is a game, having beaten Chelsea last week, that in previous seasons, and probably earlier this season, Wolves probably would have lost. Um, Brentford, as you say, are a very dangerous outfit. Let's not uh, let's not put them down. They're, you know, they've got some really good players. They're well-drilled. They're an intelligent side. And Wolves, they rode their luck a little bit at times. But at the same time, defended very well. And I'll highlight that first because Max Kilman and, and, and Craig Dawson for me were, were superb, the pair of them. A uh, lot of important blocks, big, big tackles, keeping you know, the athleticism and the pace, particularly from Kilman towards the end, keeping up with Ivan Tony for a chance uh, in, the, in the dying moments, I thought was, was really impressive. Um, I can't I have to highlight Semedo and Totti as well because... Uh, just very consistent at the moment, the, the pair of them, so really impressed. I could go through every player, really. I think Lamina and, and Jao Gomez in midfield, again, very, very solid. But you have to mention the main man, Diego Costa. You do, you do. The, the man that on this very podcast... The floor is yours. The floor is yours, On this very podcast last week, I uh, you asked me, will he score for Wolves this season? I said, probably not. Um, probably. In my defence, in my, in my defence... I had a good reason. The evidence was in my favour. I had a good reason to say probably not. Because albeit his off-the-field uh, influence on Wolves has been pretty big. You know, he's a, he's a big character. He's experienced. He's a leader. He's helped some of the young... Jao Gomez is a young, obviously, Portuguese-speaking player. And he's been helping those kind of players, helping Cunha settle in and, and things like that. You know, he, he's been he's been a big part of the dressing room for Wolves. And to his credit as well, he also... he was, Let's be honest, he was on the beach, wasn't he, when he arrived at Wolves... And he had to get himself fit, had to get himself ready to be well, to play Premier League football again. And um, it's taken his time to get there, but back-to-back impressive performances now. Um, and to his credit, he was probably one of the best players on the pitch against Brentford. Mm-hmm. Not only did he get away, well, he got a little bit of luck with the goal, obviously. But that aside, you know, you have to earn your luck sometimes. And he certainly did that because he held the ball up really, really well. His passing was intelligent. His link-up play was sleek. And he looked like the kind of dangerous, complete centre forward that we've seen in years gone by at Chelsea. Sharp, he looked like he he got a yard. Absolutely sharp is the right word because there's been times where he has looked really slow, lethargic, sluggish, and he was anything but that against Brentford. Um, the big challenge for him now is replicating that, isn't it? Because he's got seven games to go to do that, and maybe trying to stick around a little bit longer. But if you're going to be honest, on the balance of everything so far. He hasn't really done enough up until this point. So I don't want to put a complete dampener on it because he was very good. Um, but he's got a bit more to do. And um, hopefully it's a good sign because if he can do that between now and, and, and the end of May, then Wolves are going to be in a good place. Yeah, look, I mean, players need game time, Liam. And, and I don't think it's any coincidence that obviously he had a very, uh, you know, really good 60 minutes against Chelsea the, last week and then got the nod again. And 
strikers like any whether you whether you're 18 years old 25 35 you know you need to be playing week in week out especially strikers and I feel you know Costa hasn't really had that that consistent game time since he's been here and, and you know there have been a lot of strikers they've played a lot of different formations and you can understand why fitness concerns you know form also trying to find the right um the right combination of, of players and Wolves not really scoring goals but I think the fact that he has started again that he did get the nod and, and I'd be very surprised if he didn't get the nod I know he got a knock and he was bandaged but carried on in that in that game and, and played pretty deep into that second half that that he would um, fitness, you know, fitness-wise, get the nod against Leicester on on Saturday. Whether he gets a nod on that Tuesday, that next Tuesday night, I think will, remains to be seen. But players need to get game time, don't they? Need a bit of consistency, and I felt like that was probably why we start seeing the best of him. And you know, a lot's been made with with his relationship with Mateus Cunha. And you could see Cunha really enjoying playing with him as well, and you could see his reaction when when Costa scored. And yes. It was slightly fortuitous, but the fact that he's gone back in and, and you know and it is a shot. It's not just like hit him. You know, he's put his he's, he's stuck his leg out there to try and to try and you know, make the best and reach for the ball, and, and it's gone in the back of the net. And I think he's deserved that, and really was the catalyst to that performance for me. And you know, everyone's shouting Diego, and and he gets everyone going. And he he is been I think overall a breath of fresh air and you know yes he is on probably on decent money and you brought him in on a free transfer but between now and the end of the season Liam is he playing potentially potentially for another one-year deal could you see him getting another one-year deal I think right now as of you know the week after the Brentford game the odds are still probably against him aren't they because Mm -hmm. you you have to take into account what we've seen on the field between September and now and we haven't seen anywhere near enough from Diego Costa. These on the last pitch. two on the pitch, exactly. These last two games, uh, and particularly Brentford, um, he was brilliant. So he has to keep that up or similar levels of performance between now and the end of May to have any chance of doing it. With seven games to go, as we're speaking right now, the odds are against him to get a, to get a deal. But it's it's definitely not impossible because if he performs until the end of the season, proves his worth. And obviously, we've spoken about the, the off-field influence he's had on the squad. All of that combined means that he has a chance to do it. Of course he does. He just is, you know, the odds are against him at this point because he only came in really as a an emergency in the first place. And, and <coughs> we'll obviously have strikers coming back in the summer for next season. So there's a lot of big decisions to be made. But um, regardless of whether he stays or not, I think everyone's pleased to see him get that moment. I, I said it last week, even though I didn't think he would score, I said I hope he does, um, because I think he's deserved that moment. And and it, what a moment it was, because as you rightly say, the the crowd were desperate. They were willing him to score, weren't they? And and when he got it, uh, Molyneux was, was brilliant. The atmosphere was, was excellent. And then not only the goal, it was the performance to go with it, as we already mentioned. Um, he linked everything. He was the glue to Wolves' performance. And, um, and the timing of his goal and then Huang's goal was perfect, and and it saw Wolves through to a, a a memorable as well as crucial three points. I think I think he's I think he's playing for a contract in these last few games, Liam. Honestly, I do. Um, the fact that Lopetegui has left out Raúl Jiménez out of the squad in in both these last two games shows an element of trust, I think, in Costa, um, and I think he's repaid him. What I would say as well, and you know, Costa came comes with this reputation, and yes, he's been abroad for quite a few years and didn't come in the best of shape, as as I think everybody expected, because I didn't think anyone predicted a return to the Premier League for Diego Costa. But what you can't knock is that 
you know, what is he? How old's Costa now, Liam? 30, 30, 34. 34. To come back in at that age when you've won championships, when you've won Premier Leagues, when you've, when you've you know, played in, in World Cups and European Championships and played for the biggest clubs in the world, to come back in at 34, to not play, then to play bits and parts, and you haven't scored a goal this season, and, and Wolves are struggling at the bottom of the table... There's a lot of other players that would have sacked it off. I'm just going to get paid. I've, I've done my season. I'm not bothered. You know, I'll train half-heartedly. I'll pick up my paycheck and, I, and I'll go on into the summer. I tell you what, I can't speak highly enough of him because his enthusiasm at 34, with all these youngsters coming in, being bought for 30, 40, 50 million pounds, whether it's off, off the pitch, you know, at Compton and getting on the bus and practical jokes and, and, and get improving that mood, which, by the way, was at an all-time low, let's be honest, under Bruno. Was at an all-time low. And a bit in Steve Davis. You know, they still were losing. The fact that he's brought that out of players and he's never really complained. He's backing players. He's supporting them. You know, he's, he's holding them back at times with Nunes. And that could have been a lot worse. Um, OK, got rescinded, but he was ready to do something there. You know, I think I think overall, I think his his overall contribution actually has been has been pretty fantastic to be honest they needed a little bit of a an injection didn't they wolves they need a bit of a boost um, and a respect in an elder you know we, we talk about getting all that experience out. I mean, people you know whether you love him or hate him look up to Diego Costa as look you've done it all you've been there you know he's a he's a sponge and he'll like you say he'll talk away in a different language you can't speak a word of English by the way but <laughs> but you know he, the communication that he's got and like I say go I'll, I'll go go back to where I started the respect that he's got and the trust he's got from Lopetegui I think shows that um could he get that one year deal and be a bit part and be happy to be that bit part you know play in the cups play for the last 10 15 minutes be an option can he keep his fitness up I think he's got. I think he's given himself an outside chance. I really do, and fair play to him. Outside chance is probably the best way to phrase it because th- there's also a lot of other factors playing in here. You've got to look at the number of players in the Wolf squad currently. It's a, a lot bigger than it has been, and it needs trimming a little bit. Uh, you've also got the issue with you know, foreign players in the Premier League squad, so they can only have a you know a certain number of players, and um, and they're going to have players coming back from loan that are going to want to be playing. Kalajic is going to come back from injury and going to want to be playing. Obviously, he's not in the, the, the squad list as, as of as of right now. So, is there is there room for him? Not only is uh, will he want to stay? Will they want to keep him? Mm-hmm. Regardless of all that, is there actually room to fit him into the team? And that's quite a big question. So, um, there's, there's definitely a few factors playing against him and his chances. But he did his chances no harm at all with that performance against Brentford. It was, uh, it was, it, it was really, really quite a display. So I'm, I'm pleased for him. Uh, albeit, as you, as you rightly say, I can't interview him because he doesn't speak a word of English. I would love to interview him, and maybe we can try and sort something out with a translator at some point. But um, yeah. so far, it hasn't happened. I think Totti well, Gomez actually you've been, had you've to. Been present, you've been practicing. You've given up the big one about your Spanish for months. I've not now. given it the big one once. Given Don't it even the go there. I remember when we were in Benidorm and you were doing your daily words. You had your little word tin and you were looking at that. I thought you'd be. I thought I'd be up to speed now. Word tin, come off it. I've. Uh, I have been learning. I have been learning, but um, yeah. absolutely not to the level of uh, of interviewing a player because he'll say something back. You know, full sentences in Spanish, and I'd be like, "What on earth are you saying?" Um, so <laughs> he's not just nod, nod, just see, nod. See, but see. I was what what I was about to say was that Totti Gomez actually. Um, translated a TV interview after the game. The pair of them did the interview together and Totti had to translate. Um, 
so that's probably my best my best hope if I can get them to, get them together walking out of uh, of Molyneux, I might, I might I might have a chance. Brilliant. Um, I, I do want to mention Matthias Nunes as well. Um, another fantastic showing, and look, it was all him in that to set up Huang for that goal. But uh, we're seeing the best of, of Nunes now. Interesting that we're seeing the best towards the end of the season. Look, another one who's, whose future, I guess, is undecided, might be undecided or not undecided. He's got he signed a long term contract with Wolves, but the um, the vultures aren't going away, and the links with Liverpool at the end of the season. Look, from a selfish point of view, from a short-term point of view, just just keep on playing like you are at the moment, and we'll worry about that at the end of the season. But a different player, and this is the player that we were we were we were sold at the at the start of the season, Liam, and he's showing exactly what he is, which is absolute class and an interest in doing it, you know, on the right hand side at times. Well, it's better late than never, isn't it? Um, <laughs> we'd rather see it at some point than never at yeah. all. And um, and yeah, look, he showed. Because he obviously played centrally towards the end of the game as well against Brentford, um, and, and he showed where his real class lies, and that is he opens his legs up, he runs with the ball, strides forward from deep, and there was a couple of moments. There was one brilliant run in the first half that Jensen pulled him back and got booked. Um, perhaps should have got booked for a second, uh, very similar offence uh, later or early in the second half rather. And um, but then the actual goal itself, just just focus on that for a moment. Mm. As I said in the in, in the video after the game, it's, it was a little bit of a of a different uh, scenario and, and some of his different characteristics in in Nunes because we know he's technically gifted and we know that he, as I say, strides forward with the ball. He's, he's quick and, and and aggressive and athletic, um, but he showed a real finesse in the way that he danced beyond uh, Rico Henry as well as a couple other Brentford yeah. players to set that goal up. And um, and and it was brilliant. I mean, to have that moment sort of in front of the South Bank as well, and and the celebrations afterwards when Huang scored, a lot of the players rushed to him. Nunes rushed to celebrate in front of the South Bank on his own. Then the two groups sort of came together. There, maybe we're reading too much into this, but there was a bit of harmony there amongst mm. the group. It felt like a you know a big moment for the team, and um, and I think they were pleased not only for Huang getting a goal, but for yeah. Nunes having another real crucial moment in a crucial point in the game because the goal came when Brentford were probably having the better of the game and he again as he did against Chelsea had a massive say in Wolves getting three points Um, 13th in the table Liam 34 points now so that is seven points away from from 18th place Forest now now not only that, Liam, but the goal difference is, is looking a lot better now. I mean, look, it's not a good goal difference. It's minus 16. But, you know, Bournemouth have got a worse goal difference. Leeds have got a worse goal difference. Everton have got a worse goal difference. Forest have got a worse goal difference. Southampton, who are down, really, have got a worse goal difference. So, you know, I don't think it's going to come to that. But that's an extra point almost in itself. If Wolves can keep on an even keel between now and the end of the season, it's looking a lot better. Um, look, the bookies are 80-1 to 1 on for Wolves to uh, to stay in the Premier League, so it basically gives them about you know a, a one to two percent chance of going down, which I think is probably about right. But they want to get it done. They want to get it done quickly. You know, Leicester and, and Crystal Palace to come. Let's get three or four, so maybe three points or four points, uh, and and this is all this is all done and dusted. And then you know we're we're, we're laughing, but it's uh, it's looking a lot better now, especially with you know you look at Leeds and six one yesterday against against Liverpool just demolished and that's after Palace put four past them 
you know, Everton can't score a goal to save their lives. You know, Forest look forlorn at this moment in time. You know, Leicester are all over the shop um, and and change managers. So it's um, I I think it's looking looking pretty good, Liam, isn't it? When you're looking at those other teams, and it's not just where Wolves are, but also you can't see where their next win's coming from. No, exactly. I think we could probably fast forward to the 28th of May now, and if Wolves were on 34 points, they probably would just about be safe, um, which which is incredible to say. Now, obviously, from Wolves' point of view, there's no way they're going to want to rest on their laurels and allow them to lose every game between now and the end of the season. And but you can't see that happening either. It feels like they probably would be, mainly because, as you just said, yeah, uh, the, the other teams lost can't buy there, one but at the moment. He, could, uh, he can log back in. Liam, are you there? Are you there, Liam? Might I'm here. Hello. Oh, are you there? Okay, so I lost you there for a little bit. But, uh, um, I was uh, I was speaking the whole time then. Oh, oh, okay. I hope you I hope you heard me. No, I didn't hear you at all. So maybe you need to repeat what you said. Sorry. Well, I I will repeat, and hopefully it's not uh, not repetition for the uh, for the for the guys. Um, yeah, I was going to say I think Wolves could probably get through to to the end of the season now on 34 points and probably just about be safe, which is a pretty incredible thing to say, mainly because the other teams can't buy a win. Um, but Wolves, you know, are not going to want to rest on their laurels and allow that allow that to happen. But the, the buffer they've given themselves now, they took they've taken advantage of it in these last two games, and they've put themselves in a cracking position to get over the line and probably get over the line with a few games to go. Which, as we've been saying on pretty much every podcast, is going to allow us um, a bit of breathing space by the time we get to, to Everton and Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, it's just look, Wolves are Wolves are you know. One of the form sides. When you look at the bottom half of the table, it really is. So, you know, I know Palace are difficult. So they're playing well at the moment, but you know, you've got to fancy your chances against Leicester and Palace to pick up points, don't you? And like you say, you just want to get them. You want to get them over the line now, don't they? And then they can kind of relax. And and you know, there'll be question. There'll be questions then as well between now and the end of the season. You know, if they are, if their status is secure, do you start looking at certain players with a view to next year? Um, or do you just play your best side until the end of the season, accumulate as many points as you can and see where Wolves finish, which I guess the most realistic place that they could probably aim for is, I'm, I'm going to rule Chelsea out. I think Chelsea would be okay, but probably 12th and the 13th at this moment in time. So, you know, if they could finish 12th at the end of the season after what they've had, I, I think is um, would look great. And I say playing certain players and players that might not be there next year. I can't believe I'm saying this, Liam, but I think it's a question that we've got to discuss Ruben Neves watched the game on Saturday again from uh, delighted and was in the dressing room before and afterwards and, and encouraging, you know, so, so happy for the for the players as he did against Chelsea the following week. You go to Leicester City. Has, has Chulopati got a decision here? Or am I just being absolutely ridiculous? Because it's very difficult for me to leave players out when they've won two on the bounce. They're playing so, so well. But you've got arguably your best player to come back into that into that lineup, albeit you know the results haven't been as as Neves would have wanted. Is there a chance that Ruben Neves could be left on the bench on his return? There is definitely a decision to be to be made. Um, if I'm honest, I think it's probably quite an easy one for Lopetegui. Not that I necessarily agree with it, but I think I'd be well, I, I would be gobsmacked if Neves doesn't start the game because. He's too important to this team. He's the captain. And if he's available, I think it actually upsets the harmony of the squad more not to play him than it would be to to drop out a player like Jao Gomez. Albeit he has been brilliant. He's a young lad. 
who's still getting used to the Premier League, who I think we'll see the, the best of in the in the next 18 months or so. But for the next few games, I think, well, at least, depending on Neves' future, of course, I think he probably comes back in. Would I play the players that are in form and have and have won two very crucial games? I would. That, that, that would be my decision. But I think that Lopetegui will will revert to type and bring him back in. Uh, I'd be really surprised if he doesn't. And um, and for those reasons, I can understand why. Because uh, he, he is just so key to how this team operates, not just on the pitch, but off it, dressing room, leadership, the whole lot. I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. and I'm not saying that I completely agree with this or not. But you're saying take Jao Gomez out, who was the man of the match against Chelsea and produced another stunning display where he won everything in midfield on Saturday. Regardless of his age, Liam, he's going to be one who's going to be starting in the Premier League next season. Ruben Neves isn't going to be starting in the Premier League next season. So, well, do you think it's harsh? It's not well, guaranteed he could be, but he could be. But realistically, he's not going to be at Wolves next season, Liam, let's be honest. So The, 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 the chances are he, he does leave. But I think if, if a club doesn't come in... Then there's more of a chance oh, of him signing a, signing a deal and staying. But I think a club a club is likely to come in because I think you know he's obviously a top class player, isn't he? He wants to play Champions League football. Yeah, I'm just. But, I don't know. Just... It, it's a tough one. It is a tough one because I do agree that you you have to reward the players that have done so well. But look at how Jao Gomez has been used since he came in in January. Mm-hmm. That start against Brentford was only his third start for the club, and he's he's not made many sub appearances either. He's, he has been held back a little bit. And for reasons I can understand, he's he's a young lad. He's, he's got a young family. He doesn't know, doesn't know the language. He's learning. He's had to move over to a new country, a new culture. Lopetegui, which I said on this on the last podcast, really, really likes him. But thinks he's a real, real top-class player. But I don't think we're going to see him starting week in, week out until next season. Like, I might be wrong. He, may, he starts against Leicester and maybe keeps his place until the end of, end of May. But... I do think that we're going to see more of him consistently next season and that Neves, even if this is his last few games, he will be given his opportunity to see it out, I think. Um, So by 2pm on Saturday when Neves is on the bench, I'm completely wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't tweet me. (laughs) No, but it's an interesting discussion to have though, isn't it? I think it's an important discussion to have. I I think um, it would be folly if we didn't didn't discuss it because at the end of the day, this has been their best period of the season, probably the best... Um, most consistent they've played over the over the two games, um, so it, it's great and it, look it bodes well for Wolves going forward anyway. Doesn't it? That's the most important thing, which is which is great. Um, right, word from our sponsors, kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Might be you never know. There might be a kettle and toaster kicking around on the Wolves live podcast. You never know, do you? Um, on in in May. So don't tease us like that. that. I can't tease. I can't. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Uh, Liam, what do you want to talk about? Kettles, toasters, microwaves, cooking appliances, air fryers, blenders, ovens, cookware, kitchen bins or laundry? I, I get to pick. You get to pick. God, this is exciting. I will go. Let's go. I don't think you'd, you'd expect this of me. I'm going to go what? blenders. Oh, blender. No, you like, I mean, you like your protein. I mean, goodness me, after you return from, from illness, your appetite has definitely not, uh, not depreciated over the last week, has it? I've had to build my strength <clears> back up. That's that. Come on, you know that. With I, three I'm, chocolate torts. Two. It was two. I wanted a third, but I didn't do it. Um, <laughs> it looked good, to be fair. It, it, mate, it was unbelievable. I um, I, I look. I promise you. From well, this week, I'm 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 back on the 
on the, oh, on the, on the no, I swear to you, I swear to you. Stop it! I swear. Stop it. No, no. Before before I was ill, I was I was smashing it. I was doing great. And then when I was ill, less and of, I was less, staying. Less about Rosie, please. I was, <laughs> wow. And I was uh, and I was staying at my parents and feeling very sorry for myself. I um I was eating everything in sight, but over Easter as well. Easter egg situations, not leftovers. That moment's gone now. That that time has passed. I'm back to prime keen. Prime Keen. You sound like Logan Paul Prime. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dear. My Um, best self. Right. There are so many... Look, I use a blender every single day for a little protein shake, so there's so many to talk about. Like, you know, I'm going to go with the Salter 3-in-1 hand blender because this looks fantastic. I'll tell you why. Because you've you've got your protein shakes. Like, for me, Liam, you might be a bit different. I've got my greens powder. I've got my my vanilla whey protein. I've got some... um, um, I've got some some uh, a little bit of turmeric I put in there just for just obviously for the for the muscles and then a little bit of almond milk, some ice and then some water. Good to go, delicious. What about you? Are you around the same? Uh, it's not quite the same. No. Um, Ice cream. No. Chocolate, peanut I butter, wish. banana. No, actually, it's it's along the same lines in terms of health, but just not as intricate as yours. I'm afraid oh. it is. Um, Whey protein. Mm. At the moment, I've got a salted caramel one. Oh, nice. And quite often, it'll be that, a little bit of ice, and almond milk, that's it. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> that's, that's fine. That's it's fine. Not, that's good. That's it's good. good. You just don't want it too... Uh, you need a bit of ice in there just to get it a little bit thicker. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone likes a good bit of thickness. Um, and wow. the Salter 3 in 1 hand blender, £26. Kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Still free delivery. Twenty-six pounds, and I love the I love the image they've got on it because they've got your protein shake, you've got your orange juice, but also a load of tomatoes in there, a load of basil, a little bit of, of, of French bread, crusty French bread, a little bit of tomato on top. You have got a gorgeous bruschetta in there as well. I'm actually genuinely hungry now. Oh, mate, me too. <laughs> Every time well, you I've had an egg about... bite all today, and you know about me oh, and egg bites. Christ, I need to go back to them. Um, Twenty-six every... pound. Twenty-six pound. Get involved. I mean, look. There's all sorts on here. You can go. You can go really high tech and go for the novice juicer citrus press at two hundred five pounds. But twenty six quid. That's all. That, that's all you need, isn't it? I mean, absolutely spot on. Uh, it, mate, all you need is the uh, is these is these simple gadgets. And they do the, they do the job. It's perfect. And then you'll be just as uh, as hench as prime keen. <laughs> drinking drinking that while while looking at your beautiful signed Ruben Neves shirt, which is available one of a kind prize from football prizes. Remember, Wolves Poddy code, Wolves Poddy, uh, 10% discount. There are only nine tickets left. And it finishes in tomorrow. Tomorrow. Um, is it tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. So make sure you get it. There's only nine tickets left. Ruben Neves signed custom framed shirt. There's also a Cunha signed shirt. There's a Steve Bull signed shirt. There's so many. Uh, £3.95, 10% off, 40p off. Happy days. You're looking at 3.55 for a ticket. Uh, nine tickets left. Get on board now. Okay, shall we take some questions from the peeps? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Ricky Tooth. Ricky Tooth says, looking at the two teams, one under Large and one under Lopetegui, what do you think has changed for the players or is it just down to the manager? Obviously, the manager's had a massive say in that. Of course he has. Um, So that would probably be the biggest factor. But if I'm honest, I think January was probably the biggest factor aside from that. Um, Wolves were lacking a bit of leadership, a bit of personality. Um, and I think they added that and experience uh, in in January, and for me, that's that's made a, a massive 
a massive impact on uh, on where Wolves are now. But th- those two things combined, manager January, I think they're two biggest factors for me. Um, look, he's got a bit of criticism of Lopetegui, you know, with, with some some of the results. And you know, when a team's struggling, they're not going to be winning every week or whatever. There's going to be good and bad. And I think he emphasised that when he came in. There's there's going to be some poor moments in this season. He understood that. He kind of read the squad. He saw the ability. He saw the levels that we're at. This is not the squad that he would want. He's get, he's moulding that squad. But he knew there were going to be some, you know, some some forks in the road. And I feel like um, the the job that he's done, Liam. Maybe is maybe is going a little bit under the radar. I, th- I think it probably is, to be honest, because you you haven't heard a lot of chat, have you, from a, a lot of the national media, I would say, and, and you know the big broadcasters about where wolves have dragged themselves from the bottom, well, fr- from from twentieth, yeah, from twentieth in the Premier League to where they are now. I think a lot of that is probably to do with the fact that. You know, losses to Bournemouth, Leeds, etc., has meant Wolves have have been in the conversation for relegation for that that whole period. Now that they're hopefully moving out of that conversation. You would like to think that you know Lopetegui gets a bit of credit for for what he's done. Obviously, there's going to be you know you mentioned there's been mistakes along the way, but overall the impact has been has been exactly what Wolves needed and exactly what they set out to do, and that is avoid relegation. And so far they're doing it. I mean, as it stands, they're they're on track to to achieve their aim. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Like, I don't think he's got a lot of maybe, maybe inwardly, maybe he's he's got a lot of praise. And I don't think Lopetegui cares. He's been, you know, he's he's managed at the highest level. But come the end of the season, Liam, let's say Man City win the title and Arsenal come first, it'll be oh, Arsenal come second. Sorry, it'll be the old boring manager of the season, Pep Guardiola, second runner-up, you know, Mikel Arteta, and it shouldn't be like that. It really shouldn't. Like, for me, if Bournemouth stay up this year, Gary O'Neill should be manager of the season. He one hundred percent should be manager of the season, and then you got to look at some like um, Zerbi at Brighton. Has got to be up there, you know. And and for me, there's got to be. I would say that there'd be some votes for the likes of Lopetegui, the likes of Unai Emery, who's coming. You know, these guys are coming later. But for me, they've done mass. They've done fantastic things at these clubs when they've come in. But they won't be. They won't be even talked about. But they definitely should be in the. In, you know, I would have thought in the discussion. I just well, think. I just think it's always first and second, or it's always you know Klopp or Guardiola. Like it should be, it should be these. I know he's only caretaker manager still, Gary O'Neill, but these should be the guys who are being talked about. You know, people talk about Eddie Howe. I'm like, well, yeah, potentially they get Champions League, but they have spent hundreds of millions of pounds as well. So, you know, I would say that those two, and then the likes of Howe, Lopetegui, and and you know, and Emery should be considered as well and in the discussion. Well, you've got to look at the context for each club haven't you and that's unfortunately what is overlooked for the majority of these uh, quite arbitrary awards um, and you're right all those names you mentioned I would agree but I think how if they get top four is probably in the conversation but isn't the isn't the top for me um, but yeah I completely agree you have to look at each club in context where they've come from A to B and how they've progressed or not and um, and Wolves have certainly done that He's, he, he should be uh, in the conversation, I agree with you. I think Gary Neal, if he if, if Bournemouth stay is probably the the same one. He's at least very high up on there. He won't think, get it though. I think Brighton boss Zerbi, I think he's got to be up there as well. Um, but you're right, they won't. It'll be probably whoever wins the league, and um, and it's a bit boring, isn't it? Very boring. Um, but that's what people like to read. That's what people like to know. It's all about traffic. It's all about people turning up to the events. You know what it is. It's, it's, it's 
it's it's sad really. A bit like the Ballon d'Or to be honest. Like don't get me wrong, Messi and Ronaldo have been the best two players for a long time, but there's certain there's certain years where it's been an absolute joke, but they want the biggest names and people to watch it, so it becomes a popularity contest, unfortunately. Jez Messi uh, says, which Wolves player will be in the will bring in the biggest fee this summer and how much will it be? Um if he does go, it's probably gonna be Neves, isn't it? Um with one year left, you'd imagine you know, if and when he goes, it'll be a Champions League club. You're not going to get the maximum money for him, but I think you could get 35 to 40, which I think some fans would be disappointed with, but you've got to look at in context how long he's been at Wolves for, his contract length, everything everything combined. I think you might be looking at around that figure. Do you agree? Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy with that figure, I think. People will be screaming at the headsets and... Shouting at the radio, but I, I think that's for for a guy who's you know who's got one year left in his contract. I think that's fine, and, and I don't think I, I genuinely don't think that Wolves would they'd want the best fee, but they're not going to hold Neves to ransom. You know what I mean? To squeeze an extra few million pounds, I I, I don't think so. I, I don't think that that scenario is in the future for for Ruben Neves. Um, yeah, I, I would I would suggest Neves unless Nunes goes, Liam, and if Nunes does go. You got to think he's going for more money than what he was bought for, so potentially Mateus Nunes. Yeah, that that would be the next shout because if he does go, obviously they bought him for thirty-eight, rising to forty-two. You would expect that they would get more than that forty-two figure. So yeah, you, you're spot on there. I, I would like to think that. Um, I mean, obviously it depends how the rest of the season goes, but I would like to think that the chances of him going are slightly slimmer because he hasn't really done it this season. Um, feels like there might be another year left in him, and um, but he is a player that. We said this when he arrived at Wolves uh, all those months ago, that he's a player that the likelihood is he'll move on again at some point. And um, and I think that's probably sooner rather than later, but I suppose it depends on the next few weeks and months go. Yeah, just another thought, uh, Liam, with uh, with Neves. I mean, you talk about going to a Champions League club. Liverpool pulled out a Jude Bellingham deal and looking at other players. And I think everybody expected that Liverpool would be finishing the top four this season. They're not going to. In fact, they're struggling to get into the Europa League. They probably will sneak into the Europa League. It could be the Europa Conference League for one year. But do you think if they came in for Ruben Neves, do you think that that would have a massive impact on him going to a Liverpool if they didn't if they couldn't offer Champions League? Do you think it's Champions League or bust for for Neves? I'm going Champions League. I need Champions League now. Or do you think he would say, "Well, this is an awful season." I'm going to go to Liverpool. I'm going to play, and then hopefully play in Champions League in you know in the next two to three to four years. I think for me, I would describe it as a Championship caliber club. Mm. So Liverpool obviously are that. Have won it recently, been in yeah. finals, and um, obviously it depends on the competition. Depends what other clubs were in for him. But I think um, if that was the only option, or if that was one of or the the best of options, I think he would. I think he would absolutely choose Liverpool. I think Liverpool are obviously a massive club and. Um, I think that this season, well, I would expect this season isn't uh, is going to be a one-off for them, and they'll probably rebuild and come back. And we know that they're going to be rebuilding that midfield because obviously they like Nunes as well. Um, would they, you accept uh, seventy-five million pounds for the duo? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I don't think it's quite enough. I think it's close, but I don't think it's quite. Can you enough. imagine? A, can you imagine a midfield of of Nunes, Neves, and Jota? Right. All fans would be in tears. Oh dear. Uh, why would they be? We've got Shao Gomez, baby. Um, Sean says, "Irish Wolf, glad you were able to watch the Wolves game in hospital, Liam. 
Can you recommend the best streaming sites for those that can't make any games, please? It's interesting one, this, because I always look at streaming sites and I, and I finally get on one, but um, everybody says, oh, yeah, I watch it on this, I watch it on that, but they always want, like, it's free to watch, but you've got to give your card details. I don't want to give my card details to a dodgy site, so I end up not watching it. Um, I would never dream of streaming <laughs> the the Premier League in all its glory on an illegal site while I was off ill. Um, wink, wink. Send me a DM and I might be able to reply. Wink, wink. <laughs> oh dear, I wanted to get you in trouble there, but you are. You, 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 you swerved it. I like it. Here we go. Um, what would you both like to see Wolves sign in the summer for Lopetegui's rebuild in an ideal world, but being realistic? Says Alex Birch. Assuming there's areas will strengthen striker, centre back, left back. Give me one player, one realistic player, Liam, that you think they'd look at. Um, let's 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 stick to English domestic Premier League. Um, who's a player that you think that they could go for? Who's a realistic target? Oh, you've thrown me off with the English. Oh, well, uh, go on then. You can go European and sorry, I thought it was easier for you. I had, um, I saw this question. Was was having to think about it. Just, oh, okay. And thinking one player, and did a little bit of research. And, and uh, by the way, when I say this name, this isn't because I'm saying Wolves are interested in it. If if that is the case, I'll report it. That I'm just thinking of players that might suit Wolves' style. Um, Juan Miranda, at Real Betis, the left back. 23 years old, Spanish international, feels like, I know left-back is not necessarily going to be top of the the to-do list, it depends, I mean full-back I think overall is, it depends on, you know, Hugo Bueno's movements, Aitan Nori's movement, it depends on a few moving parts, but I think as a as the type of player he is, the experience he's had this season, um, obviously getting into the Spanish team, etc., I think that's the kind of player that Wolves, Wolves would like, but equally I've got to add to this, that the likelihood of Wolves spending a lot of money in the summer is not very high. No. And we've been over this already, but just to explain again, they've obviously spent a lot in the last two windows. They're going to have to do a bit of balancing of the books. And that and That's not just financial, but that's also the size of the squad as well. Um, so obviously, let's say a player like Giambattino leaves and you're saving a lot on you know his very expensive wages. That does give you the opportunity to bring a player in on less wages and spend a little bit of money on a transfer fee. So there will be, you know, there'll be ways of working it around where they can make deals work. But Wolves, as a net spend, I don't think are going to be going out and spending uh, a big chunk this summer. So they'll be focusing on players that are maybe a lot of people haven't heard of or players like Ajao Gomez, um, Giacchino in recent years, Mosquera, you know, these kind of players that have come from nowhere and um, and, and done pretty well overall. So... Um, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting window. We'll see we'll see how they how they manage it. He's no relation to Roderick Miranda, is he? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, for Wolves' sake, I hope not. Oh dear, Rodders. Um, old school. That's an old school reference. Uh, Andy Spedal says to both Nathan Judah and Liam Keane, "What is the best Wolves game you've ever witnessed live? For me, it was between Liverpool at home and Brentford at home this season, as they were such complete performances." Very, I had to think about this question as well, and there was there was a few that came to mind that I that I thought I was going to go with, and then I actually landed on one that I didn't expect to say, oh. and it was Wolves' one nil win away at Man United last season, um, oh, okay. January twenty twenty two, Jan eighty second minute I think it was, yeah, winner. Um, and Jose Sarr made a big free uh, free kick save from Fernandez in like the I think last kick of the game pretty much. Um, that was quite a special one because they I think it was the first win at Old Trafford in forty odd years or something as well. And 
um, or league win or something along those lines. But it, it, it was a big sort of historic moment. And then that one felt like quite a special special occasion. And that was obviously around the time that Wolves under Bruno were going for Champions League or going, going for Europe in some in some form. Um, obviously, it didn't work out that way. But uh, I actually thought they played better at Man United four, four, three or four years ago when Nutinio scored that goal and they won 1-0. Uh, in a different game. That was, was that the first season in the Premier League, was it? Was the it? first season in the Premier League. I thought they were yeah. brilliant that day, actually. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great show. There's so many, isn't there? I mean, it depends. There's a lot, you know, where Wolves maybe weren't, weren't at the best, but you remember them for specific reasons, such as, I mean, I can remember Bristol City, you know, and, and, and Bennett popping up at the end and the emotions in that game. And you got the Cardiff game. I, w- I would probably say... Close. I mean, the Man United Cup game still always resonates with me, um, just because I think it was almost like Wolves arrived in the Premier League as a big club. I think with that result and everything was simmering that this was going to be a, a tough game for them, um, for Man United that was. And I thought just Wolves delivered on the biggest stage in front of the cameras and they were going through to that semi. It was that was just a great, a great experience. And the three, the three nil win at Spurs at Wembley. Uh, I think it was three nil uh, a few years ago now. Not the three two, but the three nil. Was um, was amazing as well. So there's been there's been so many fun. You know, we could go over them, can't we? Over the last five or six seasons, and we've been spoiled for choice, really. Big big games, yeah. Spoiled for choice. I mean, a lot of those I wasn't obviously covering the club at the time, so I've got limited the uh, limited games to choose from. But I think I made a I think I made a decent choice there. I think I did all right. No, you did, you did fine. Um, not great, but fine. Wow. Um, Matt Matt Hume says, how many of our players out on loan are good enough to get in the match day team? <sighs> Um, Fabio Silva. Um, should we end there? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of young lads. I think I need a little bit more, a little bit more time. I think depending on movement with other players, and Ryan Giles could be a, a shout, but it would depend on movement with with players currently in the squad. I think. So, yeah, a lot of them. I think just need more loans really. So I couldn't really name anyone else than that. I would say. Well, you say more loans. They need to be sold. You know, if, you, if there's not a lot of to be kicking around in the summer, then, then they're going to have to sell some players, aren't they? I mean, Geddes been one of them, surely. Just try and get the money oh, that they can. I'd be, yeah, I'd be shocked if he if he remains uh, at Wolves next season. Um, whether it's a loan or, or, a, mm. or a permanent, I think he's going to be leaving it. At, uh, it'll be a matter of if, not when, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could see like a season-long loan, couldn't you, again, for a few million quid, but with a obligation to buy at the mm. end or, or something along those lines can't they if someone yeah, couldn't definitely. stump up especially with the money the money they paid to when yeah. when not if by the way I said if not when but I meant when not if um, yeah, yeah no you're right you're right I think um, look, he, he wasn't happy at Wolves and um, Lopetegui needed you know all hands on deck mm. and, and he wasn't prepared to help so uh, time to move on but you on. look at you know you look at someone like that who should be full of life who pushing for you know, for national and you know national honours and and coming in and dominating and 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 should have should be so driven, and literally did not want to be there. It's body language. And you look at someone like Costa, which I was saying earlier on, thirty four, and and the way that he's been on and off the pitch, it's it's just night and day. And it just shows some people have got it and some people haven't in there, haven't they? When it really matters. You love Costa. Well, I just think talent level. You know what I mean? God, sorry, no, you're got right. all, so much talent, but you know, just completely sacked it off. He completely sacked it off. No, Didn't you're give spot a on. shit. No, the, the the attitude the attitude is uh it, it speaks volumes and um and yeah th- those two couldn't be further away from each other in terms of uh, how they how they've conducted themselves at Wolves simple as that get him gone would you like to see him in South Korea um, get us when uh, he's still there at the squad and uh, <laughs> travelling with the team oh, oh Gonzalo's going mate Hi. Uh, 
<laughs> True Powell, last one. Uh, is there any under-21 players who might break into the Wolves squad next season? It's a tough one. Um, I think Alfie Pond, the centre-back they brought in, I think I, I, I don't think I could necessarily say next season, but I think he's a player that they that has done well and they would like. And I think there's, there's one or two of the centre-backs that could be within a shout of... I wouldn't say obviously playing a lot of games, but maybe you know getting opportunities to be in and around the squad. Uh, Nigel Longwick, who's obviously out on loan at Plymouth, I think he's done pretty well this season on loan. They're, they're, obviously, they're, they're both centre backs. Harvey Griffiths, midfielder, he's been around um, the team quite a lot, in, uh, sort of pre-season, uh, going away with them in Marbella and other things like that. So I think he's one that's sort of similar to where Hodge was before Hodge came in and, and started getting opportunities. Yeah, um, obviously, it's got to be more development like your Hodges, your Lemberkees. They're the they're the type of players who're going to be kicking on, aren't they, and getting to the squad more. Re- I know they've already broken in to a certain extent, but those are the guys you think are going to make up the bulk of, of, of the ones coming through from the UK. Yeah, I, th- I, I was sort of leaving those two out of it, you know, because they're, know, they're yeah. already considered sure. first team. But I think Willem Bikisa, the, the chances are he probably gets a loan um, mm. because... Well, you ran that story a few weeks ago. Exactly, and, and he needs he needs game time. So um, the, the club are quite keen to, to send him out and... Uh, so he probably won't get the... And Hodges, it's it's a difficult one because they've got a lot of midfielders at the moment. There was an opportunity for him to go on loan in January. Didn't happen. Lopetegui wanted to keep him. So um, there's movement with those two, but I think I'm sort of classing them as somewhere in the middle. They're not quite 21. They're not quite first-team regulars. They're somewhere in the middle at the moment. Right, let's move on. Leicester City. Uh, Dean Smith's Leicester City. Dean Smith and John Terry there now. I mean, you know, we discussed it before, Liam, but so many of these clubs making changes last minute... You know, and and you know, Forest manager's in trouble as well. You thought he could he could be the next one gone. He, you know, probably a game away from from getting beat as well. Um, just thank God that Lopetegui came in in the right time. And Wolves go there looking for three wins on the spin, Liam, and in in really good spirits. How do you see this one going? And what, if anything, um, changes would you make? I assume, like you say, Neves for Gomez. Is there, are there any other changes you make? I mean, Totti Gomez did I thought did great and probably deserves his spot again. It, does Hugo Bueno come into into that thought process and, and probably the one you'd have thought who's who's maybe struggling um, or who might get changed is Pablo Sarabia who, who was a little bit out of sorts I thought if anyone was on that Saturday against Brentford yeah it, it, Lopetegui obviously does make changes doesn't he and it'd be interesting to see how he how he deals with now having back-to-back wins which is only the second time back-to-back league wins that, that Wolves have had this season and both of them have come under him how he reacts to the team selection for Leicester we've got to remember as well that there's been a, a trend with away games where he has been a bit more conservative. He's been, um, I would think it's fair to say, a little bit more defensive-minded, mm-hmm. playing Matinho in a 10 and soaking up pressure and, and trying to get a result later in the game. Um, if we go in by that logic, there's probably going to be a couple of changes. And um, I think looking at the back five, including the goalkeeper, that doesn't change for me. Yeah, back four and the keeper. I think you have to, they have to keep the same. I don't think any of them have put a foot wrong really in the last few mm-hmm. last few games. So there's a couple moments against Brentford where he made a couple of errors, but um, didn't count for anything in the end. And, and I think he keeps his place. So um, the decisions come further forward for me. And Neves, I think, comes in. And if I'm going to be honest, I think Matinho does as well. Oh really? Um, okay. Yeah, I, I could see either a four three three or a four two three one with. Nunes playing and essentially having four central midfielders. Um, it, I suppose it depends really on 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 whether he matches um, how Leicester play because obviously they they've been playing uh, or against City at least anyway they played a, a three at the back 
Um, mm. And Jewsbury Hall, you know, he's a midfielder, but he's been playing sort of off the off the striker. Madison, again, more of an attacking midfielder, playing off the striker. So not really playing wingers. Um, if they're going to stick with that, I know they're playing City, so they may not play a five again. But if they were to play something similar to that, it would lend itself to Wolves probably playing a 4-2-3-1 with Nunes out wide and obviously coming inside. Um, if that's the case, I can see it being at the back five, as I mentioned with the goalkeeper. I could see it being Neves, Lamina, then Nunes and Matinho all starting. And then probably someone like a Huang and a Cunha, which would mean dropping Costa. Don't like it, Liam. Don't like I, it. I'll be honest. I don't really either. But I'm just, I'm just going, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going off what I think could happen. And look, yeah. I might, I might, I might just be overthinking it. And he might, you know, stick with with a lot of what we've seen in the last two games. But looking at what he's done in previous games and the way he's set up away from home, it feels like that is more likely than not to to be somewhat close to the uh, to the setup. But it's not often I get it right. So, so bear that in mind. Um. Yeah, and look, they've got they've got issues, haven't they, up front? I mean, they tried to bring Jamie Vardy back. Just doesn't you know doesn't look like he's well. It looks like he's coming to the end, doesn't it, for a, a, of his career? Daka plays a little bit in. Actually, had that good spell where he scored a load of goals, and he's dropped off. So it'll be interesting to see which one or two they go with there. I mean, they've got to score goals to stay up. Yeah, Madison's of course the danger, but Harvey Barnes looks like he's missing the game with a hamstring, which is which is a, a big blow for them. So. Definitely a game where Wolves can can play, and if they play well, they should be getting a result in this game as well. I know that they've had some some battles with Leicester down the years, and it's just it's just refreshing that we're not going there the first game of the season. It seems like we play them all the time um, in one of the first opening game or the second game of the season. So definitely one that and Lopetegui will enforce this, won't he? I mean, he said that they're definitely not out of the woods yet by any means. But if they can go there and get a positive result, or you know, fingers crossed, a win, then that's that's them done and dusted, isn't it? Really. Yeah, no, I think I think it has to be, and um, you might be able to advise a bit better on this. I, I've got to admit, I didn't get a chance to watch Leicester versus City, mm. um, but I had spoken to a few people who saw it, and they said that albeit you know it wasn't obviously a good result, Leicester actually didn't play too badly. Um, so I think you have to be wary that they are going to be a fairly dangerous team for Wolves to come up against. Obviously, they've got home advantage, new manager in, but they've got some very good uh, attacking players, and I don't think it's going to be. Um, a straightforward, easy three points for Wolves by any means. No. However, no, go on. However, <laughs> Wolves are looking good at the moment, and you've got to mm-hmm. back yourself. Um, and I think if Wolves can replicate the same kind of attitude and application to the last, these last couple of games, they, they they should come away with a, with a result. Um, I say this almost every week, but I think you probably would take a point here mm-hmm. away at away at Leicester. Yeah. Um, especially with these these last two wins, and, and you move forward to what hopefully should be quite a good moment against Palace at home. I mean, I, I honestly, I mean, I was I was quite strong in this podcast earlier on in the season saying that I don't see Leicester going down. And I still think Leicester will probably get out of it. I think they've got the players, if anything, to get out of it, but they've got to start winning sooner rather than later and they'll be targeting this game. This is a massive, this is pretty much must win for them, I think. They, they've got to target this game and they've got to try and get three points from it. Yeah, I mean, they, they were better. They, they did create some chances, Liam, but at the same time, I mean, City took off Haaland, took off Stones at the break. I think that's what they're going to do between now and then the season. They're going to try and stampede teams and, and then rest their best players. So, yes, they were better in the second half. Uh, but at the same time, City went from you know fourth gear to second gear pretty quickly. So I'm not going to give them too much credit. But at the same time, like you said, they have got some, some top quality players where 
uh, you know, they haven't performed, but but if you are if you are under par, you will get punished. So really interesting game. I'll um, I'll do the uh, prediction leave, and then we'll leave it with you for scores on the doors. I'm going to say it's a 1-1 draw this one. I'm going to say that, and I think it's that'll be a decent result with Palace on Tuesday night. If they go there, target that, try and get a win, it's all over. So I'm going to say Wolves 1, uh, Leicester City 1. Well, it looks like the uh, the competition is going to be exactly the same either way because I was also going to say 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. I'm one, going one. for it. Um, we gave £66. I'm going to reduce it a little bit. We're going to give £44. But still, you can get two shirts with that. £44 of Wolves merchandise. We might even get, if I'm feeling frisky, close to three figures at some point this season. But we're down to 44 but it's still very worth um, your entry. Remember, you got to retweet uh, the myself or Liam's, and you will be in the draw, Liam. We'll be picking the winner just before the start of the game on Saturday. 1-1, 1-1, a point apiece. Happy days. Look, things are just easy. They flow a little bit better. Um, people are happier. And it's just uh, it's just nice with this podcast when they're, when they're playing so, so well. Um, once you finish this, guys, when you've listened to it, we will have a mailbag on Friday that's coming to you. So we will have two podcasts this week. So make sure you look out for that. And of course, before uh, you start your dinner, before you start your washing, before you start putting the TV on, if you haven't done it already and you are free on that Thursday night, go and book a ticket. Come and see us. Come and have a chat. Come and have a beer. Have a bit of a giggle. And uh, we'll see you all next week. We'll see you all on Saturday. And we'll see you all, hopefully, in the Sir Jack Hayward suite at Molyneux next month. From me, from Liam, have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. Better retreat because we're on the attack. The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. We're Wolverhampton. We're on our way back.